Hey everybody, this is Keith Loy. I'm the founding senior pastor of Celebrate Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and this is our podcast. I just want to say thank you for joining us, and it is my prayer that this week's message will truly encourage you. Enjoy. Well, good morning, Celebrate. And welcome as we start a new series, A Winning Game Plan. I am super grateful for Pastor Keith, his leadership, his vision, and allowing me the honor of opening God's Word with you today. So if you have your Bibles, open up please to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, I'll be reading a little bit out of the New Living Translation. If you're new to Celebrate, it might be interesting to know that one of the things that we believe here is doing everything in teams, okay? So even part of the teaching is done as a team. Pastor Keith heads that team up. But then some of us have the honor of being a part of that. And so it always starts with his vision, his thoughts, the direction that that we're moving as a church. But then we have the ability to come in with some of our skin and some of our thoughts and put it together as a team. And it's very fun to be a part of. In fact, this week when I emailed him a couple days ago with the final version of the message of here's everything that's going to happen, he then let me know that he had read the message that morning when he sat on the toilet. And uh, in his words, he said it moved him greatly. And so, don't know what that means, but hopefully it moves you as well. How many of you played any kind of competitive sports growing up at all? Okay, curious. How many of you were part of a team that won? Okay, how many of you part of a team that didn't win as much? Yeah, I'm at second part. In ninth grade, my freshman basketball team was one win and 16 losses. Junior varsity football, we lost most of our games. Baseball, we lost a lot more games than we won. Now, it's interesting, if you ever watch sports, you'll sometimes see that a, an announcer or a sportscaster will come up to the coach and say, Coach, what's your game plan this week to win? What's your game plan? Well, I don't know what kind of coaching you had in, in your sports journey. I think the, the uh, game plan that a lot of my coaches had were they were just going to yell at us a lot. You ever had those kind of coaches? <laughs> in junior varsity football, we had a coach that uh, he was from the Marines, and so he knew how to yell, Okay. And this one game, and we're bad, but we're, handing, we're having our butts handed to us. Okay, it's 36 nothing, two minutes left to go in the game. Man, let's just get this thing done. Third down, we run a play, get a few yards. It's fourth down and two, and he snaps. And it, all of a sudden you hear him, time out, time out. And we're looking like, dude, let the clock run. Let it run. Let's die and go home kind of thing. He comes out in the middle of the huddle, going to inspire us. He says, you guys are pathetic. We're going for it. And if you don't get a first down, there'll be hell to pay tomorrow. Well, it did motivate us for about 45 seconds. And we pinched and scratched and clawed and bit our way to a first down. And you thought we'd won the Super Bowl. I mean, we were fired up. But that was kind of his game plan. I've had other coaches, I think their game plan was to hope and pray a lot. Well, here's something I know. Anybody that wins, any team that wins, any marriage that wins, any business that wins, any church that wins has a winning game plan. And it's not just hope and prayer. So today we want to look at what does a game plan look for a winning church, a winning game plan for a church. And it'll also apply to your personal life. So we're going to look in Ephesians 4 because Paul's going to teach us that. I'm going to start in verse 11. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. 
We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing up in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Why is it that some marriages win and some don't? Why is it that some businesses win, some don't? Why is it that some churches win and some don't? Two things, the way they think, the systems they use. The way they think, the systems they use. Say it with me. The way they think, the systems that they use. Some people come and they think that they have a marriage problem. Never. Don't have a marriage problem. They have bad thinking about marriage and they have bad systems in their marriage. Some people come and think they have a financial problem. No such thing as a financial problem. There's bad thinking about finances and bad systems in how they do their finances. So what do thinking and systems of a winning church look like? It'll also apply again to us personally. Let's start with thinking. And the reason we start with thinking is because it's the basis for everything. The Bible says as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Absolutely. Everything you and I do is as a result of how we think. So let me diagram the different types of thinking that there are. And also, we relate to it. Now, to let you know that there's five levels of churches, also five levels of people. I'm going to give them to you, and then I'm going to put them into three categories. Number one, declining. They're losing, okay? They're losing people in the church. Number two, plateau. They're just staying even. Third, addition. They're adding people. Reproducing is number four. That means that they maybe have launched a different location. Great, they're reproducing. And number five is multiplication, which they are planting churches, which are planting churches, planting churches. Let's put them into three categories. Take the first category, those that are either plateau or decline. Unfortunately, in the United States, that is 80% of all churches are either decline or plateau. Their thinking, let's talk about it, their thinking is this. I grew up in a church like this, that we hire the pastor to do the work. So in the church that I grew up, who visited people in the hospital? The pastor did. Who visited the new guest? The pastor, sick and shut in, new pastor. The pastor did every, in fact, the answer to every question was the pastor. And then what did the pastor's wife do? Play the organ, play the piano, and work in the kids' ministry. I mean, that's kind of how it worked, okay? But that was the thought process of that kind of a church. Who was the most important person in the church? Oh, yeah, it is the member, because you got to keep the member happy. Why? Because you can't lose any. You don't have any to lose you got to keep them. And so whatever they want, you make sure that they stay happy. So if one of the members comes and says, hey, my Aunt Olivia just took an art course. She thinks she has a gift. And she drew a picture of Jesus. She'd like to give it to the church so you can put it up. Well, Aunt Olivia does not have a gift of, of art. You can't even tell it's a person. But what do you got to do? You better put it up because you got to keep the member happy. The key thought about that is it's all about me, what I want what I like, the music, everything else. It's the way they think. 80% of people, 80% of churches are that. There's a second category that is addition, 16%. Now, this is good because they're adding. I served at a church like this as a youth pastor, and the thought is this now. We're adding, so the pastor can't do it all, so the pastor hires staff to do it. So now the answer becomes staff. So who now visits people in the hospital? The staff does. Who visits the new guests? 
Who's the, who works with our youth students? The staff. The staff does it. That's how it is. Now, the most important person here is the attender. Because we're getting people attending and we need to keep them attending so that we don't go back to plateau and decline. So we got to keep them happy. So what do attenders want? So what we do is we study and say, what kind of music they like? Let's play that. Or how long should the sermon be? Oh, they only like it 19 minutes. So let's make sure it's 19 minutes. Or we do things because there's a group that like this. So we have a group of attenders that like basketball. Yeah, let's do a basketball league. And so we have all these activities. Why? Because we have to keep people coming back. It's important. Now, it's not all the emphasis of me. It's also the emphasis now of we, because we're kind of a group now. We have to do that. But then there's another group, multipliers. 4% of churches are that. Jesus said all the time that we're created in the image of God. God said that we're to be fruitful and multiply. You and I are designed for multiplication. Everything that God does is designed for growth and to multiply. God created nothing for declining plateau or just add. But it's because of the thinking that's different that so few people and so few churches get there. Because here the thinking, according to what Paul just taught us, and we're going to flesh it out, is that the senior pastor is called by God, absolutely, to lead with vision. To lead the vision and then to empower people, here's the key, to people to do the work of ministry. So at Celebrate, if you're in the hospital, absolutely we're going to see you. But you know who's going to see you? The people of Celebrate who we've equipped in a hospital visitation team. Who leads Financial Peace University? People. Who leads our Celebrate Recover? The people do. Who leads our divorce care, our grief share? The people do. Who are the youth pastors to our students? The people do, absolutely. The people are equipped for ministry. And because of that, our focus is on the guest. The guest is the most important person for us. Absolutely on the weekend. Why? Because our vision is to help people meet Jesus and a guest coming in. We want them to know who Jesus is. That's absolutely the case. You know, it's interesting that as we look at these different dynamics, it's just not about churches. It's also about people because you and I will fall into one of those categories. With the guest being the most important, it's always interesting. I always tell my friends this. I said, listen, I love you with all my heart. We'll say hi to each other. But on the weekend, don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. Who do I want to talk to? The guests, they're the most important. Now listen, you and I, let's talk Monday through Saturday at 3 o'clock. But on the weekend, uh-uh, it's all about the guest. There, there's a book called Leading from the Sandbox. And he's writing to churches and he says this. I think it's true. A key to a winning game plan, according to Paul, is releasing the whole body into ministry rather than hiring a certain few to do it. It's one of the greatest dysfunctions of the church today where we hire experts to do ministry rather than equip the body of Christ to carry it out. It's the one reason local churches have so little impact in their communities and why there's so little difference between how Christians and non-Christians live. Ouch. He's right. See, the answer, if I want to be a multiplying person, if we want to be a multiplying church, the winning game plan, the answer is simple. I am. That's the answer. Say that with me. I am. Say it one more time. I am. You know the answer. Now let me ask you the questions. Who's gifted by God? Who are the ministers? Who are the pastors at your workplace? Who are the pastors in your neighborhood? Absolutely. The answer is, I am. 
Because in God's framework of multiplying, and he wants us to be multiplying people, we are the people to carry out the work of Christ. That's the thinking. Now let's talk about systems. Everything successful has systems that created success. When God created you and I, he created us in systems. So there is a central nervous system. We have a skeletal system. We have a circulatory system, a digestive, a reproductive. Yes, I like that one. <laughs> but question, if any of those systems are unhealthy, does it affect all the other systems? Absolutely. Systems are created for health. So we were created, but God created the earth. He put it into a solar system. If you and I drive, we'll probably drive on an interstate highway system. If you take a flight, airplane flight, you are grateful that there's an air traffic control system. Systems are organized methods of doing something. Okay, organized methods of doing something. So whether you like them or not, I don't care whether you like them or not, New England Patriots. Whether you like them or not, Duke University basketball. Two of the winningest programs in their fields over the last 20 years. Because they have better uniforms, better facilities. No, the way they think in systems. Think in systems. Let me illustrate another way. How many of you, raise your hand if you think McDonald's has the greatest tasting hamburger you have ever tasted, ever in your life? It is the greatest burger Ever. Raise your hand, please. Okay, okay. Question. How many of you have eaten a McDonald's hamburger? Raise your hand. What? Are you kidding me? Not one of you said it was the greatest tasting burger in the world, and yet every one of you have had one? Are you kidding me? Why? Systems. You know that when you go buy a McDonald's hamburger, it's going to be as equally bad as the one you had last time. You know it, and you understand it. Paul says the system for a winning, a multiplying person and a church is not where the pastor does it, not where we hire staff, but where we are equipped and we now empower people to be the pastors. So give me another example. How many of you are in a life group? Let me see your hand. Yay. You know who your pastor is? Your life group leader. That's your pastor. We're equipping the life group leaders to be the pastors. If you want to talk to a pastor, you can call our church number 24 hours a day and talk to a pastor. From the minute the office closes at 4.30, or the phones close and switch over at 4.30, till 9 o'clock the next morning, you can call and a live pastor will talk. But who are they? They're the people of Celebrate that we have empowered and equipped to do that. At the end of the service, you'll see people up here that are going to pray for you. They are the people of Celebrate that we have equipped and released to do the work of the kingdom. Does that make sense? That's what God has called us to do. It's interesting. I have, I have people that will say this sometime, and, and it's okay. It's a, it's okay statement. I just know that they don't understand. They make the statement. Well, I want to talk to the senior pastor. That's what they say. I, I want to talk to the senior pastor. And I say, uh, well, absolutely. But can, I, can I help you possibly? Nope. I want to talk, and I want to meet with the senior pastor. And that's good, but the, the reality is probably he might not have the answer because there's all kinds of people who are empowered to do it. They, he might not be the best person to answer. I know I want, to, I want to talk to the senior pastor. Well, think about this for a second. What it tells me is that person is up here. That's their thinking. If that's our thinking, then here's our reality. The senior pastor can maybe meet with, our church could be about 25 families large. 
because the senior pastor can meet with one of them every day, once a month for 25 days. The other four or five days are Sundays. Make sense? Which means at 25 families times about three, we could be a church of 75 people. That's our max. Interesting that in the United States right now, the average attendance of churches is 75. And we wonder why we're not making a difference in society. It's the way we think. That's the situation of it. And so what we have to do is we have to understand what it's like. Here's what I want you to understand, for example. I'll give you an illustration. I am Pastor Keith. Let me say it again. I am Pastor Keith to you right now. His vision, his heart, his thoughts, my skin, my personality to you. The person that waved to you in the parking lot, the person that greeted you at the door, they are Pastor Keith to you in that role. The person who helped get coffee, that is Pastor Keith. The people that are taking care of your kids is Pastor Keith to you. He has equipped people to do the work of ministry. I, I like this quote from Pastor Keith. He says this, average leaders have a goal. Good leaders have a plan. Exceptional leaders have a system. Friends, if we could be what Ephesians 4 says, that we equip the people to carry out the ministry, do you realize it would revolutionize a city? It would take a city over. So if you have your notes, we laid a foundation of our thinking. What's our thinking? People are the ministers. That's our thinking. People are the ministers. What's our system? We equip them. That's our system. We equip them. Now, I'm going to ask the same question I asked earlier. So who are the ministers? I am. I am. You have to personalize it. So who's the ministers? And who's the most important person on the weekend? The guest. The guest. Absolutely. Let's walk through that one again. <laughs> Who's the ministers? Who's the most important person? Yes. Absolutely. If that's the case and that's our thinking and we should all desire to be multiplying people ourselves, now what's our response? There are five things we'll walk through quickly that will help you understand that. Here's the first one. Join the team. If you want to be a part of a multiplying movement, if you want to be a part of something that outlives you, outextends beyond you, join the team. Here's what Jeremiah 50 says. Come and let us join ourselves to the Lord in an everlasting covenant which will never be broken. See, Christianity is not just about believing, it's about belonging. Man, I, I, I loved baseball, so I played Little League, Teener Legion. I don't know if any of you did that, but I remember getting my first jersey. Any of you remember that, getting your first jersey? I think I wore it every day. I wore it to sleep. I mean, I just, you just wore it. I was so fired up that I was a part of a team. I had a jersey. And then to potentially get to a spot where your name's on the back of the jersey? Are you kidding me? That's great. Well, in the body of Christ, when you join the team, you wear a jersey, but there's only one name on all of our jerseys. The name of Jesus. That's the only name on the jersey. It's his team. He doesn't owe me anything. He owns me. I gave my life to him. And so in that process, we don't just sit and lay back anymore and watch. It's interesting. If you have people that go to sporting events, they always want to see what, what's the best seat? What's the best seat I can get, okay, for my money? So can I tell you the best seat you can have at any activity? On the field. That's the best seat you can have. I, I love this definition of football. Here's my best definition of football. 70,000 people badly in need of exercise watching 22 people badly in need of rest. <laughs> That's really what it is, though. 
You know, it's interesting because our system of helping you join the team is very simple. It's class 101 and life groups. That's part of our system. How many of you have been to class 101 before? Let me see. Great, great, great. If you didn't raise your hand, that's your next step. Next step is class 101. That'll come up in February, second Sunday of February. You'll hear about it. That's your next step. I've been, man, I've been to, I don't know, 30 times, at least. I love it. Pastor Keith teaches it. At that point, we talk about what does it really mean to belong to God's work, but a part of his family, to belong to him, his family, and the church family. What does that mean? But then we also have life groups. Why do we promote life groups? I had somebody a couple weeks ago said, man, you guys talk about life groups a lot. I said, thank you. Thank you. It's working. That's what I thought. Why? Because circles are better than rows. You're, on, you're in rows right now, and hopefully you'll learn some things in rows, but not like a circle. Uh-uh. In circles, you have it, and it sharpens each other. That's why it's so much better. Very interesting. When a new person comes to a church, they will stay at a church, it's proven, if they have between six and eight friends. Interesting. You know what the average size of a life group is? Six to eight. That's why. So that is our system. So let's remind ourselves of our thinking. Who are the ministers? And who's the most important person? Thank you. And our role is we're going to equip you and empower you to do the work that God has put in your heart to do. So join the team. Here's the second part of it, though. Now, find your place on the team. Find your place on the team. Don't just join, but find your place in it. That man has to do with feeling wanted and needed, being valued. Not just you being valued, but valuing others. I love how Paul says this in 1 Corinthians, and I'm going to ask if you would read this with me. This is such a great passage. Here we go. Read it together. Our bodies have many parts, but the many parts make up only one body when they are all put together. So it is with the body of Christ. Each of us is a part of the one body of Christ. And if I could add, every part's important. But let me kind of go to the side here. If there's one part of the body we don't want in the church, we don't want big butts. Now, the rapper, Sir Mix-a-Lot, he, he sang a song, that's what he liked. Power to you, brother. But... <laughs> Not in the body of Christ. Big butts are big pain in the butts. Who are these people? It's all about me. What I want. What I like. The church should do this. Man, I, I think the church should, and this is what the church and the pastor should. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Michael W. Smith had a song called Place in the World. We're all trying to find our place. Well, in the body of Christ, you have a place. You're on God's team, but you're also on the celebrate team as well. So our system to help you find your place is called Celebrate Life Journey. That happens every other month. Class 101 is part of it. So 101, but then there's 201. 201 helps you understand how to mature in Christ. Paul talked about it, growing up, grow up in maturing Christ. What does that mean? How do, I, how do I read the Bible? How do I pray? Those kinds of things. How do I mature? Then the next base, 301, is ministry. What are my gifts? 401, which we haven't had yet, Pastor Keith's working on that, will be missions, what's my mission in the world? But then we have a last class, magnification, how do I live a life of worship throughout all of it? It is such a great thing. One of my favorite parts of it, if I can be honest in this way, is the fact that people who are so gifted differently all now find out what their gift is and how it fits together. Um, we have something online, maybe some of you have taken it, called the Spiritual Gifts Inventory. Have any of you taken that? Okay, some of you have. You would find this super helpful for you. It's online on our website, Spiritual Gifts Inventory. It lists off a number of different spiritual gifts. Preaching, teaching, serving, a variety of different things, mercy, pastoral, all different things. And then what are you gifted at? 
Oh, I, I don't even want to admit this, but I will. Of all the gifts on there, nobody has all the gifts and not anybody doesn't have any. So we all have different parts. There's a gift in there that I score zero on. I have zero points in this gift. It's a gift of mercy. And I don't care. <laughs> now, that doesn't mean I don't show mercy. It just means it is not natural to me. I've got to always be aware of it. I've got to be constantly aware of it and show mercy constantly. But I so love people that that's who they are. And they just, that's all. They just show mercy to people. I love those people. I need that. It covers me. We all have gifts and we all have a place. We have to find it. But then here's the third area. And that is we need to grow in the team. Join it. Obviously, find our place, but now grow in the team. Here's how 2 Peter says it. But grow in spiritual strength and become better acquainted with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Paul talked about earlier that we need to grow and mature in there. Now, growing, there's a couple things I want to mention. It's not in your notes, but quick three things about growing. It takes time. <laughs> it takes time. You got to dedicate time to it. It doesn't happen naturally, which leads to commitment. But then you also, it strengthens your heart. You have to give time, but it also will strengthen your heart, which means that you're going to be more convicted of things. The last thing, it'll open doors for ministry, which teaches compassion. I think it's interesting how Paul worded it. He says this, he says, so that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of, God, of Christ. And then he flips it right away. He says, listen, there will be no longer like children, no longer children, mature, no more like children. Let me come back to give another illustration from a sports venue. Whether you like them or not, doesn't matter. The winniest sports team of any sport, of any division, of any field, period, over the last 10 years, is North Dakota State football. Okay, whether you say it or not. If you didn't know this, yesterday, they won their eighth national championship. Eighth national championship in the last nine years. No one's even come close to it. What's more intriguing, though, is they did that with three different head coaches and four different quarterbacks. I watched the last two minutes of the games and the announcer made a statement. The announcer said, man, they have built, and he used the word culture. It's another word for system. They have built a culture that man, players come in and they just, boom, mature them. They mature them. They come in and they mature them to championships. And it's a winning year after year after year after year. And I thought, that's what the church is. Should be, it should be. That anybody can come in and over time, we're going to mature you. We're going to grow you to be a winner in every area of your life and win corporately as a field. Now, think about this for a second, though. Can you imagine a player coming into North Dakota State University and making this statement to the coach? Hey, coach, um, I'm really into game film. I like that. You can count on me there. But early morning workouts, that is not for me. So I probably won't be there. But now I love some of the drills that we're doing, the plays. I love learning plays. But the late night stuff, that is not for me either. So I'll, I'll be there on those other cases. The other ones, I won't be. How long would that player last on the team? Yeah, exactly. Wouldn't be on the team. Because when you make a decision to be on a winning team, you're all in. I don't pick and choose what I want. See, the problem here, I pick and choose. I pick and choose. This is not about me or we. It's about he. And I give everything. Say, God, whatever you want, I'm yours in every aspect. Part of our system that we offer in, in helping you become that and helping you go is the first Sunday night of every month is leadership, leadership training. It'll never be convenient, but it's one you decide ahead of time. Okay, first Sunday night of every month, bam, okay, it's on my calendar. You decide ahead of, well, I'm not going to wait till I see if it works out in my schedule or not. No, 
I want to grow. That's what I do. So let's remind ourselves, who are the ministers? Who's the most important person? Yep. And our system is we equip you to do that. So as you're growing the team, then here's the fourth one. Now give for the health of the team. Say that with me. Give for the health of the team. Matthew 19 says this, if you want to be perfect, give and you'll have treasure in heaven. I like how Paul says in 1 Timothy, put these abilities to work, your gifts, the way you're gifted, put them to work. Throw yourself into the task so that, you, that everyone may notice your improvement and progress. Keep a close watch on all you do and think. Stay true to what is right and God will bless you and use you to help others. You know, a lot of you have asked, Reed, how do you stay so studly and muscular all the time? And I appreciate the question, I do, and a lot of you have noticed that I was the cast mold for that, and I, I'm grateful that they were able to do that. But it's a very simple thought process. It's a combination of two things. It's input and output. Everything in success is input and output. In physical health, it's eating and exercise go hand in hand. In the body of Christ, it's growing and giving. Growing and giving, hand in hand, can't separate them. I remember when we first started coming to celebrate, I heard a phrase, and I love the phrase. I, I had not heard it before, but I loved it. Here's a phrase. A 10-1, serve one. A 10-1, serve one. A 10-1, serve one. So it's this. You're attending. While you're attending, somebody has been serving you. They're serving your kids. They served you in greeting, coffee, helping you. People are serving in the backgrounds, in the, in the back area. They're serving you now while you're attending. Flip it. Now you serve so somebody else can attend. It's a great way to think about it. Everybody has a place. Winston Churchill said this. He says, we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. In fact, I, let, let me make another thought about championship teams and observations. And <laughs> typically I might say, don't take this personal. Uh, take this one personal. Observation I have about winning teams, they don't show up five minutes late to the game. They show up early and ready for the game. They also don't leave five minutes before the game is done. If the team is on the field, they don't leave. Well, the Vikings left halfway through the second quarter. Okay, I, I, got, I got that one, okay. <laughs> But championship teams, winning teams, they show up early, they show up ready before the game starts. They still stay to the end. Spectators come late, leave early. Can you imagine a player going, man, there's five minutes late. We need to get out so we can get out of here before the crowd. Uh-uh. Spectators do that, not people on the team. What if we were committed to being a multiplying person? This is all about us personally and then us corporately. That we said, you know, when it's game time here on the weekend, the service, I'm going to come early, but I'm not going to sit in my seat. Instead, I'm going to look for somebody who I don't know. And I'm going to go and I'm going to hear their story. I'm going to get to know them. And instead of quick rushing out so I can greet the exit, what if I stayed to look for somebody I don't know, because it's not about me, it's not about we, it's about he and serving other people by loving them. See, that is what a culture is like. 880 times, 880 times in the Bible are the words, give yourself. 
give yourself. In fact, Acts 20 says this way, it's more blessed to give than to receive. If we do those things, we join, we find our place, we grow on the team and we give, then here's number five. It's the last one. It's, it's, it's a good one. Expect then great things to happen. Amen. Expect great things to happen. Mark 6, 6 says it this way. And he, Jesus, got in the boat with them and the wind ceased and they were utterly astonished. I, I asked you a couple weeks ago, how many of you want a breakthrough in your life, in an area of your life this coming year? Let me see. You want a breakthrough in your life? Let me tell you, it will not happen with this thinking. You'll never have a breakthrough. You won't happen in this thinking. It's here. When you and I get to a point of saying, God, it's yours. It's all about you. I will give myself. I'll grow. Because whose responsibility is for me to grow? Whose responsibility is that? Mine. It's my responsibility to grow. I'm going to take responsibility. I'm going to grow. I'm going to give. I'm going to do those things. And then, God, I'm going to expect great things to happen. You know what? He says, I'll match your faith. I talked to a guy right after the first service. And he said, I just can't tell you what's been going on in my life. I said, just tell me real briefly. I said, because I'd love to hear more of the long version. He said, I made a decision a few weeks ago. Okay, no more playing it. I'm not going to sit on the sidelines. I'm going to be all in. I told God I'm all in in every aspect. He said, I have been blown away the last three weeks what God has done. I said, dude, I told you. I told you. What would it be like if we released into the community 2,000 pastors that understood, I am, I am, I'm gifted, I'm growing, and I'm going to give, and I'm going to pastor my school. I'm going to be the pastor of the place that I work. I'm going to be the pastor. What would happen if we released 2,000 pastors into the city? Would it change the city? Amen. Absolutely, it would. Do you understand what could happen if we did that? Miracles would happen over and over and over and over again. What if we had to have services and we just had to get parts of service just to testimony of miracles, 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 miracles? Does God want that? Absolutely. In the book of Acts, you see it. It says, and God continued their number. All 5,000 in one weekend? Are you kidding me? 5,000 in one weekend? That's what I want to see. Now, obviously, we're excited about church planning. We are. And we are planning and praying for churches in T, in Parker, in Beersford, in Crooks, Laverne, Worthington. We're, we're, we're praying in all those areas. But what we're really praying is that 2,000 pastors here would go and be the church there. When that happens, it will revolutionize the city. Instead of waiting and sitting, spectators, uh-uh, no longer. I'm on the team. I'm in the game. I'm changing the way I'm thinking because all of us can fall into any one of these in any area of our life. I'm going to choose to be here. I'm going to commit to the system, and I'm going to be all in. God, show off. Show off. You know what my prayer would be? That you come home after being together on a weekend like this, and maybe your child or somebody at the table says, what happened in church today? And you look and say, it's God. It's God. Or people who haven't seen you for a couple months go, man, what is holy cow, what's gone with you? I mean, you have like, wow, you're a different person. I am. I am a different person. God's made me a different person. That's what God wants. So one last time, who are the ministers? What's the most important person on the weekend? Our job is we're going to equip you. And then let's God see God do his deal. That's why we say, this isn't church. Now church begins. Now it begins.
Heavenly Father, we love you with all of our heart. The fact that you would call us your children, the fact that you would want to have a relationship with us, but not just a relationship, then you would allow us to be a part of your work? Are you kidding me? I don't have anything really to offer. I'm broken. But God, you can take that and you can use it. Okay, God, take it, use it. I'm in. God, I want to see multiplication. I want to see things I can't explain. I want to see miracles that astonish me. God, I'm the pastor. I'm the minister. Wherever I'm at, God, help me the ability to hear people's stories. Man, to know that if every one of us just listened to someone's story this week, heard their hurts, heard their hopes, pointed them to Jesus, to who you are, it could revolutionize the city. Okay, God, we're in. Thank you for this incredible observation. God, now show us greater things, greater things than we can imagine. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past messages. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps so much. You know, you can click the share button, take a screenshot and share it on your social stories and tag us at Celebrate Church. For more content from Celebrate and to connect with us, go to celebrate.church. We love you and we believe in you. God bless. God bless.